Am I really going to be carrying 120 pounds on my back? Am I really going to do that? Am I going to be hiking from my truck two miles in to Elkham? Am I going to be going seven or eight miles in? Those, those are questions you got to be honest with yourself because that would kind of start directing you towards a foundation or a food, right? Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'm Sam Weaver, today's host of Tipsy Tuesday, a short segment covering rockslide.com tidbits, hunting news from across the West, with just a sprinkling of tips and tricks to keep you well-informed for your next adventure. In today's show, I'm joined by Stephen Lathrop to talk about something that will make or break your hunt. Boots! Stephen is part of the team over at Lathrop's and Sons, who have over 30 years of experience of knowing feet, but more importantly, knowing what feet need from a boot to be a great match. Stephen will walk us through the process and along the way dish out some serious knowledge on what we can do to get the best fitting boots for ourselves. All right, everybody, let's welcome Stephen Lathrop to the show. Thanks for having us on. Jump right into it and tell us kind of what you do over there. So Lathrop and Sons, we offer two different types of fitting services here. Uh, we are a boot company, but we are also, I would say, a professional fitting company. James and I both have over 30 years of experience working in a podiatry clinic with our father, who's since retired just this past November. And then my brother and I have extensive training in um, orthotic fabrication and therapy. So when we talk about foot orthotics, 30 years, we were down in the lab processing orthotics, fitting them to the foot, both a functional type of device, which would be for a person that's on their feet all day long on concrete factory setting industrial wear, accommodated for somebody that had problems with the bottom of their feet, um, diabetics in general, people with severe arthritis. So extensive training in the custom shoe environment as well. James and I are both very, very avid bow hunters. I'm 52. I started bow hunting at 15. James started bow hunting at 14. And we live in a state, southern Illinois, southeastern Illinois, where we have a hell of an opportunity to do a lot of whitetail hunting, big whitetail. It was a passion, taking a boot, souping it up just like an engine in a car, right? That's what we were doing for years. And that is how the term certified brands through Laidup and Sons developed. We had experience using all this different foot gear to solve a problem, to accommodate a certain foot type, to make it better. And we did that for many, many, many years uh, with top brands. And we still, on a much smaller scale, utilize some of this footwear. And back in 2015, we started embarking on developing our online of boots and went through a whole series of sampling and then in 2017 we launched our line and, and going on sheep hunts mountain goat hunts guides in alaska guides in british columbia a lot of those guys are reaching out to us now so that's what's got us to to today while we're on this anybody that's been any time of hunting knows that it's you know on your feet 12 hours a day 
and just how important boots are and not just the boot that you have, but the fit of the boot. Just to recap, how, how many brands do you guys use out of your custom fitting? Well, right now, let me think. I'd say five, five different brands. It, and, you know, what we try to do is to really doing the custom boot system is uh, identify that foot type, right? Like they'll do this mapping kit if they go through the custom fitting process we will identify that foot and then we'll look at specific brands. What is going to line up correctly to that person's foot? And not only is it just the shape we want, we, we need to have the experience with the brand to know that, that that it's durable, that it will hold up on a hunt. Like I can put you in, if you've got this shape foot, I can put you in it. If it's accommodative, it, it molds to the shape of your foot because by nature, the forefoot of the shoe is soft and flexible. That doesn't mean it's going to hold up on a hump. It, it could feel good around it, but it doesn't mean it's going to hold up. There's there's a criteria there that that a that a boot company has to go through to get under our name to be recommended as a suit. So each brand kind of has their own last where they build the boot around. You identify the type of foot that you have, and then kind of helps you narrow down what kind of uh, shoe you want to send them best direction well we did we can't send them that shoe until we've had an opportunity to do that so three different avenues with label sons to get fitted for a pair of boots and start with that we'll start with the custom they would purchase this 3d mapping kit it is a tool that allows the customer to get their feet to our location it it maps out the, the peak pressures at the bottom of the foot and with photos we put our 30 years of experience it allows us to know exactly what kind of a foot we're but then we jump on a phone or schedule a call with you and we'll spend 30, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour on the telephone discussing this. My hope is that the information that I've gathered without even talking to you, and when I give you when I say to you, Sam, give me the top three reasons that you went through this process. I have all three of those reasons written down. If I have four or five things written down, I knock it out of the park and, I, and you give me those same four or five things. Man, if we've got that, we've got it gold mine and we're able to identify the right foundation boot and identify the modification and relasting and warming and molding of the boot and identify the right word thought it's going to be poured and ground specifically to that boot. and that is a custom boot system and for those guys that want to go like a more traditional route uh, they could still get a boot from you um, what's that process like and that's that's actually called our quick fit we have guys do it. They'll hop on the phone call and they'll say, Steve, you know, I just don't think I'm ready for a custom boot or, or I simply can't afford that right now, but I want a really good pair of boots. They'll give me three or four examples of footwear that they've worn in the past. And they'll also give me some ideas of things that they didn't like about their fit. And I quickly make a recommendation on size and they're able to purchase our standard high country synergy foot bed, which is made out of the same material a custom synergy is. It's just on a standardized mold. And then that is cut and ground and can be cut, ground and fit to the boot and then shipped out to them. Last but not least, the guy can get online and just talking with one of our our team members here today that walked in and I wrote this down. It was pretty interesting. It basically is like this. Guy gets online, he orders a pair of boots up. Then he orders a footbed. And we're looking at this footbed and we're looking at this order and it's contradicting. He's ordering this footbed, but this size boot. And it's like, 
this doesn't make sense. We see someone purchase parts of, of what they're wanting, like they'll purchase a boot and then they'll purchase a custom fit, but they won't purchase the foot. But it's like saying you got this, but you didn't get that. Was there, were you confused about something? And then they'll say, I'm really glad that you picked up the phone and called me because I was a little concerned I wasn't getting the right side. And that even that online introduction order turned into a quick fit. I mean, Light Up and Sons is all about customer service. That is another level of service just to make sure that everybody knows kind of what parts work together. It's a system, just like you have a, a the boot itself, you have a insole that needs to fit your foot and position your foot correctly inside the boot uh, to do it. And then obviously the way that you can tension your foot in there to hold it in its position is also important there. It's it's hugely important. There's just a whole list of things that have to be put together and and unfortunately, I don't look at footwear like a lot of people. And you brought it up. I mean, performance gain. You know, my brother and I talk a lot about performance gain. Well, what is performance gain? Well, performance gain is putting the technical boot on and accelerating forward in all that strength in your lower extremities. So your legs that you're forcing onto that platform catapult you forward faster, right? Not only that, but sort of resisting torquing and twisting to the environment that you're stepping on. You know, when we generalize it of what we need from our boot, I mean, is there some questions we should be asking ourselves if we're not calling you, if sitting around being like, hey, I need some new boots. Should we be asking ourselves a few questions? I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing that I would say before you even start looking at it is what have you struggled in your past boots? It's like, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? I don't mean the environment. Let's talk about the foot because if the fit's not right, there's going to be things that don't fit good. Did we, did we get tangling at the end of a hunt in my toes? Did I have an area on the bottom of the foot that got sore and flamed for a few days? Did my big toe feel tingly or not? Did the back of my heel get really hot? Did I take my feet? These are things that I would be asking myself before I ever ventured out to look at another pair of boots. What am I trying to accomplish? What about this? Three-quarter ton, half ton. People laugh about me saying that, but guess what feels better going down the road? A three-quarter ton with a loaded weight on the back feels pretty good. Then take all the weight out of the back, but it can get stiff, bouncy, right? Real bangy. So these are things that a, that a person needs to be honest with themselves, right? Like, am I really going to be carrying 120 pounds on my back? Am I really going to do that? Am I going to be hiking from my truck two miles in to Elkham? Am I going to be going seven or eight miles in? Those, those are questions you got to be honest with yourself because that would kind of start directing you towards a foundation or a food, right? So you got to have the support and you got to have the traction and you got to decide what, how much weight you're going to be carrying with you and what distances before you get a kickoff there. You're right about that. And, and I would say this too, you've got the foot that you want to take into consideration. You've got the environment that you're, you know, utilizing it in to, to do that. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Join the millions of hunters who trust Onyx to find more game, discover new access and hunt smarter. Some of the key features of Onyx are the ability to combine critical land data with on-the-ground exploration to build your perfect map and find success. All your save markups sync automatically to all devices for use in the field or from home. Onyx includes nationwide public and private land boundaries. 
hunt with confidence and find new opportunities using color-coded public land maps, private parcel ownership information, and clearly marked boundaries. Mark locations crucial to your hunt with custom waypoints. Measure distances of your walk-in, shot across canyon, or distance to the nearest access point with lines. View maps in 3D and choose satellite, topo, or hybrid base maps to have the best, easy-to-read visual for your hunt. Go as far from the grid as you want. No cell service required. Save detailed maps, layers, and markups for offline use. With live tracking and current location features, you'll make it out and back just like you planned. Don't risk getting turned around or lost. So if you're ready to make the jump to Onyx, use the code ROCKCAST at checkout and save yourself 20%. A lot of information out there right now, but what about for those those guys that are thinking, "Eh, I'm just gonna head on over to the REI and try a boot on." What what are they looking for for fit when they? How do they know if they're even getting close? Is there some tips there? Yes, I'll, I'll give it to you. Look, it's really probably the easiest to explain to somebody, and we do this a lot of times at the shows. We have guys come up, and we want to help everybody and provide everyone with some information. We go to the boot. You pick up a backpacking boot. I understand a lot of these shops, they try to help. They do the best that they can. I'm going to empower them here with this knowledge. You want to walk in there with the socks that you're going to own. Would you not agree that that's a very important tip, right? Oh, yeah. That's how can you get fit otherwise? You've got to have on the sock you're going to wear. They're going to bring that out to you. You're going to slip this foot into that, and you're going to draw those laces up until that that boot feels snug around the foot, not a really tight finish lace in the boot up. Stand up. Four points of fit that I would suggest somebody look at. If a boot fits you, you should be able to move your toes within the toe box, that's the front of the boot, without them feeling compressed. So no, no excessive pressure on the top of the toe. That should feel relatively free. Your toes connect to your foot, so the ball of the foot, you should not have side-to-side motion. That would mean that if you try to shift your foot back and forth, that it stayed with the boot. If your foot was shifting back and forth, that would be a sign that you had a bit of an overfit. So you probably had the wrong size. It was too big. In the arch area of the foot, you shouldn't feel anything that's prominent or discomforting to you. And with a few steps, I mean, I wouldn't want a lot of lift in the back of the heel. And and it is tricky, but within some of these shops, there's not a whole lot you can do. But I, I believe that most important out of this would be wiggle room on the front, snug, just a snug fit at the ball. Shouldn't have a lot of shifting and no more than an eighth of an inch. And if you've got more than an eighth of an inch in the heel, I'm going to tell you, you need to sit back down and lace them up because you Probably, and this isn't uncommon when you take a brand new pair of boots out and lace them down. You probably didn't get your foot seated. Just go ahead and lace that up again. And if it continues to lift, you either need to change the size or you didn't you didn't get the right lace. And and those are really basic, but it's difficult to give somebody exactly how much length they need between the toe and the end of the boot because it's it's very difficult to feel where your toe is. It's because the toe box is so hard. You feel that right off when you have an elk in your backpack going down the hill, I can tell you that. Oh, I better, I bet you do. You feel that the next day, don't you? Yeah, that'll that'll ruin a trip in a hurry. You bruise the front part of your toes 
So um, that that is something to be very aware of. You want to make sure you have enough room when you're going downhill with any kind of weight that you get enough room for your toes there. Absolutely. And I and that's what I'm saying. I think this wiggle room, Sam's very important. I mean, wiggle room, wiggle them. You can't wiggle them; it's too tight. We kind of talked about your synergy uh, footbeds, but what what about other footbeds? I mean, do you typically recommend that you take the manufacturer's footbed out and give it a little toss and go with the something else, maybe fit your arch better or something? You know, here here is here is my take on it. There are some manufacturers that make decent insoles okay the problem is a lot of these companies aren't making the insoles off of the bottom of the bootlegs and that's what the shoes made off it's important that that is done so that it it drops in and it keys right in a position not saying that all of them do it but but it is something to look forward look look into and you can tell if it's not because it'll feel a little sloppy in there like it's shifting around you don't want that. You know, we just talked about your toes bump at the end of the foot. If that insole shifting, you've got a problem. My position on removing those without a without a doubt, putting an aftermarket accommodative, that's a soft type of device into a mountain hunting boot is key. The benefits are huge. As long as the boot itself is torsionally stable, that means it's stiff and technical. Because the leading recipe that we've come up with for people is to use a more accommodative device, a more accommodative insole soft, like our Synergy footbed, inside of a stiffer boot. The boot is doing the bracing, and then the Synergy footbed is doing the accommodating and the protection and the shock absorbing. Okay, that is key. There's been a trend recently to put a lot of these rigid arch supports in them. I don't think it's a good idea. I think that if the boot is already stiff, bracing your foot, if that orthotic is not shaped and ground correctly to the profile of the boot, when you go to try to stick it in, what ends up happening is it, it becomes inverted because it's trying to sit flat, but the shape of the shell is it. Is it ground right? And it wants to tilt. So now when the person puts their foot in, they feel like they're getting a lot of pressure pushing up into the arch. Now what you're doing is you're rocking that foot to the outside. So you're actually overcorrecting them. And I would leave you with this one, with that type of device, two things. That hard device within a mountain boot, densification occurs and you will start causing leaking to take place in your boot. And it's the orthotic, that hard plastic shell has caused that from, from the, the shell rubbing. And then I would also say this, when we climb in the mountain and we're on the ball of the foot climbing, the arch area in the heel suspended at midair. Well, an orthotic is has to have pressure applied to it to react to support. So I struggle with any of these devices with the arch support. And you have to believe me, after 30 years of making a living, making orthotic devices, it is important to make sure that you're matching that up. So these ideas are not guesses. They're factual from years of experience. And I get it if you're walking for a mile or two down a relatively flat, rocky road or up a trail. But when you start getting to where you're 
to doing that. A lot of this goes out the window as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I've used your synergies in the past. I really enjoy the gel of it. I do find that on some boots, you know, I need more volume, I guess would be the word. And the synergies are fairly thin. So what would you recommend that, that maybe that boot that I that needs more volume isn't the right size for me? Or it, or what do you think there? Sam, that's actually a really good point. You're you're really on to something. It could be that the the I refer to it as the volumetrics of the inside of that last. It might have been built on that a little, having a little more volume, but more importantly, maybe the factory insole that came out of that just by happenstance had a millimeter and a half thicker insole to come out to begin with. And the synergy, uh, depending on the size that you purchase for that boot, you got the full taper of the forefoot because our synergy is a quarter of an inch at the heel and tapers to about an eighth of an inch. And for each one of our sizes, a small, medium, and large, it can be cut back. So one way to overcome coming that would be to go up to that next size, so either a small or a medium, depending on where your size ends, and then cut it back, which will thicken that up. So you, we could do that. Or the other thing is, hey, you could go full custom Synergy Orthotic, which is where you use the mapping kit, and that comes into us. We identify your foot type, and we pour it up exactly the way that we see fit to help with the bottom of your foot. But we can also vary the thickness of the material and the cover to accommodate that specific boot that you're wearing. Right. So on a custom set, you're adding more volume if, if you needed it. Yes, can. And you can just order the next size up, cut it back shorter, and that'll give you a little more volume too because it's a little thicker. The taper's not as much when you cut it longer. Exactly. So you can actually pick up an extra millimeter. And I've made those recommendations for people before because um, I'll tell them, I'm like, you're kind of right on the cuff. What do you think? And they're like, I don't know. I think I'm good. I'll just trim an eighth of an inch off of it. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. What was the reason for going with this footbed? Well, my buddy told me he was getting all kinds of pain on the balls of his foot. And he's, that's what I'm dealing with. That's why I'm wanting one. And I said, you know, what is your height? What's your weight? I get his build. I'm like, nah, you need to go up to that medium, then cut that back. Right. Give you a little more cushion in, yeah. in there. Yeah. And, and this is helping these guys, you know, uh, this is what we're all about. We've got guys right now, they've got a set of boots. They didn't buy our boots, but they want to make them better. They can get a synergy footman for their boot. Take everything we're talking yeah. about. I guarantee it'll help them. I think as an American, you know, our foot is a little bit different than a European foot. And, and it takes some navigating of these European mountain boots to see how your foot feels in them. Or you have to go with, to somebody like you who has a good idea of, of how our foot's going to fit in there. It takes a little bit of time. Um, it's better than research. Some of this research, though, unfortunately, you know, you'll get one guy that said, hey, a boot runs this way or that way. Well, the problem is with that is you don't know if that guy that's saying that has a wide bit and he bought the wrong size boot and he's telling you that, you know, oh, those run small. Well, do they run small or do you have a Neanderthal foot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I also think a lot of people are super particular about what they like for a shoe. I know I was in the military for a while and it was, you know, 
and that kind of a world at first, it's kind of you get what you get and you don't throw fit, you know, and as you progress and go and you see a lot of people are buying their own boot to get their own better fit. Yeah, it's just something to be aware of. Everybody's foot's a little bit different and you can go through a long struggle or you can try and um, make it as easy as you can for yourself. So we got a boot and we fitted it and we think the insole is going to work for us and we start to wear it and we get a little pressure. Let's talk a little bit about lacing techniques and, and what they can do for us. Make the fit the best that it is for us. Now, I have to say this before before I dive into the lacing. What we have really tried to do with our upper and our lacing system is to avoid a lot of unnecessary specialized lacing. We, right. we, were, we really have tried to do that by we feel like you shouldn't have to do a lot of fancy lacing techniques if the last or the upper was cut right to begin with. And, and that takes a lot of work to, to do that. But, but I will tell you... What is important is to understand with any boot, you have the lower portion, which is one set of laces. That's one tension location. Then you have your ankle location and then the top. And the top is probably the least important. In fact, the shaft of the boot or the height of the boot for all practical purposes is not doing a whole lot for stability. And, and it has been my experience that the taller a boot gets, the more problems that you see associated with fit for a lot of guys. Yes, you get a little more waterproofness, but I don't believe it's a stability thing. I, I feel like that comes from that. But, but to go back to the lacing, if I were to give you a couple different lacing techniques that I think would work for these guys, um, I recently did this on our Instagram page and the guys can go back and look at this reel. It's called the window pane. I mean, maybe it wasn't a reel. It might have been a series of photos. It's called the window pane. And a lot of these guys that have a high instep, so it comes, their instep comes down and it comes out and it drops down to their toe. And where your laces crisscross below that, you go straight up and then you crisscross above it. So you're creating a window pane, a square. So again, you crisscross below, then you run the laces up into the next eyelid or, or hardware, then you crisscross across the top, and that creates a, a spot there. And it's accommodated to the top of the arch now. So as that person's propelling forward, it's not driving into that. The second lacing technique that I'd like to talk about, and, and this is going to be a boot that either does or does not have a locking lace lock. We don't use any of the mechanical lace locks. Um, I thought that they were really, really interesting until I spent a lot of time with my designer arguing with him about it. We're using a hook that actually has a crimping device in it. So the lace, the lace when it slides, <laughs> it just there's nothing mechanical, no pins to break. But what a guy can do is he can segment that as well by doing a surgical knot, you know, two overhand knots. And when you draw that down you, and you release, you don't lose tension. So you can set that lower portion then you can crisscross, go into those hooks and go on up the boot. And that allows you to set the lower portion of the boot and set the front. That way you, you've got your, those are the two big ones that we utilize here. I've seen a lot of other ones, but I, I can't sit here and say that I've really had to implement a lot of that with our I just have. If the fit of your boot is good, uh, I agree with you. You don't really have to mess around, but it is an option if you're getting uh, hot spots on the top of your feet, like you talked about the window pane, which basically is removing the laces from above that hot spot and uh, lets it have a little more space, uh, no pressure above it, kind of when your foot's working and and locking that foot in. 
before you move to the upper part of the boot is key. I'll link that in in our description, and the people can check it out there. Yeah, and there was there's something else that I think that we we would be doing these guys a disservice by not touching on it, and I and I fall victim to it as well. And I'm sure you do too. It's kind of like when you've been working, 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 and you stop and you get your, your shorts or your pants and you kind of tug them up because they're just falling down from all the work you're doing. You feel like you're put together again. Your boots are the same way, man. When you're getting ready to go downhill and then you got a pack on, you need to stop and relace your boots and, and set that, right? It, it's real important to reset those laces in a downhilling situation. And then in an uphilling situation, I find it much more comfortable if you can relieve some of the top so that there's a bit of range of motion for the shin to come into the boot, right? The tighter that lace is up the, up the front of that leg, crank down, when you go through that, that shin doesn't just come, but there's a bit of a twisting that's taking place. Downhill, snug them up, leave the portion of the boot snug, loosen up a little of the top so you can articulate with that upper a little bit. That's that's a good tip. I've I've never stopped and and uh, loosened my boots up. Do you have a recommendation for like I like to wear a thick cushiony sock? I mean, do you have a recommendation that way or or not really? Just kind of as uh, that personal preference. Well, I think that if you're going to invest in either our service or just a quality set of boots, I mean, a good average cost of a socks is twenty to thirty dollars, maybe over the cap. I think it's insane not to go ahead and do that. And it's good that we are touching on this because quite honestly, socks are your first line of defense against the inside of a sticker boot. And without a quality sock, you're putting your foot at risk to hot spots and blistering. And we really haven't talked about moisture control and the rest of it. So at least with our footwear, a midweight saw is key down to a cushion, which is their lighter weight hiking sock. And I like a dense springy padding. I don't like a real open loop design. The Terry loops are too far apart. They're less supportive. So therefore you have less protection against the, the back of the heel counter and boot. I think that the sock needs to have good elastic and lycra compression to hold that padding in place and also help to push some of the blood flow and fluid out of the leg up, up above the sock. There, for some people, having a liner next to the skin assists with moisture transferring out of the liner to the exterior sock. Therefore, that sock next to your foot is dry and it, and it also shears off of the other sock, reducing hot spots and pressure. But um, you got to be careful putting too much sock in some of these more technical boots. They're just not made for it. You can compromise the fit. You can actually go too far one way and start having a problem. It's like tuning an arrow or, or getting the right weight bullet for that rifling, right? You can, you're there and then you take it too far and you start spinning off left or right. So you can really have a great fitting boot and then really screw the fit up by, by going too heavy. If you think you need a heavier sock, you might need a little more insulation in your boot rather than change the fit of your foot inside the boot. I, I, I would say that's right. And then, and then the other thing to look at is just, just sheer moisture buildup on the skin. Excessive perspiration on the skin can cause problems as well. So that's just a whole other. And we we didn't get into it, but 
Just as a summary, if you have a waterproof membrane in your boot and you're keeping things out, but you're sweating and letting things out of your body into the boot, you're really not uh, accomplishing your goal of keeping your feet dry. And then that just leads to cold feet and the salt becoming saturated and your body weight coming down on that wet. I mean, you lose the protection, you're losing the insulating properties of the sock and the protective barrier. I mean, it's just a it's just a cycle and it, and it is tricky to put together. I mean, look, I mean, James and I have been doing this for a lot of years. Like any system, the more familiar you are, the more parts of the system you start to notice. When we're a layman, you know, a boot seems pretty simple. But as you start to dig in it, like we did on this podcast, you realize that there's so many layers to achieving good fit to getting the performance that you want out of the boot that none of them could be overlooked. If you overlook one step, you're really just kind of forfeiting the whole process. All right. Anything you want to add as we close out? No, I just I just appreciate you guys having us on here. And James and I, you know, we love what you guys do over at Rockslide. And if we've got, you know, we've been with you a long time since the very first week it ever started, we've been there. And um, if people have questions, they can pick up the phone and give us a call and I mean, goodness, my extension's 101. I'll either answer the phone or call you back, and James will do the same. And we got a staff carrying people here that really are hunters, and we love to be part of, of other people's adventure, and we absolutely love to help people. We really do. If you guys didn't get enough information from this podcast, I could tell you he's a, he's a wealth of information. Give him a call. Chat him up. He can line you out and get your feet in a pair of boots that they'll love. All right. I appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you, Sam. If you have any questions for Stephen, you can give him a call at the shop or reach out to them on Instagram at Lathrop and Sons Boots. All one word. Moving on to Rockslide Reviews, Matt Cashel reviews the First Light Source Vest and Origin Pant. The Source Vest falls along the same lines as the Source Jacket. Read the article to find out what Matt's thoughts are on the First Light pieces and how they transfer to the Western hunting scenarios. With archery drawing near, Andy May gets us prepped up with an article on target panic and shot execution. Andy explains what target panic is and the steps we can take to beat it. Everyone should give this a read because if you shoot a bow long enough, you'll eventually have a battle with target panic. Thanks, Andy. I'll be putting some of these tips into my own routine. You can find these reviews and more on Rockslide's homepage, that's R-O-K-S-L-I-D-E dot com. A quick recap on the recent Rockcast episodes. Robbie has Gary Furlick on and talks Wyoming mule deer. Travis Hobbs had a great episode talking scouting big bulls with Ryan Carter. Lots of great tips in this one. I had to listen to it twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Robbie just released a Judging Big Mule Deer episode and reads a little from his book, how to take the best buck of your life. Now, on to the news. How do you feel about Wyoming's feed grounds? Well, July 25th, 26th, and 27th, you can voice your opinion on the long-term management of the elk feed grounds. July 25th meeting will be via Zoom to accommodate those who can't travel to one of the other meetings. This is your chance to make an impact. Idaho's super hunt deadline is August 10th. Super hunt winners get an opportunity to hunt any open hunt for the species that they draw. Drawings will be held for deer, elk, pronghorn, and moose. You're going to want to be entered in this drawing for sure. 
Closing out on this crazy story coming out of Colorado. Three bodies were discovered by a remote campsite near Gold Creek, which is an extremely remote area in Colorado. Authorities believe the bodies may have been decomposing there since the fall of 2022. There has been no cause of death announced, and the officials are still awaiting the autopsy reports. Foul play is not suspected. Just another reminder to stay safe out there, folks. Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver. Sam Weaver.